Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NABIP Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in NABIP's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your healthcare happy hour. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the Healthcare Happy Hour. We hope you all enjoyed the holidays after a long fourth quarter and OEP and AEP. We are going to kick the year off today by discussing the comments that NABIP submitted this week to CMS regarding the recent proposed regulations relevant to FMOs and Medicare agent compensation. In addition, we also saw a hotly anticipated proposed rule come out on association health plans over the holidays, so we will be reviewing that as well. And we'll look at what to expect from Congress in early 2024. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, to discuss all of this is none other than John Green and Michael Andel. So, and welcome to the first episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour in 2024. Let's get right into it and kick things off with a discussion of our Medicare comments. Before we get into the details of our response, which listeners can access in today's Washington update and in the comment letter section on nabip.org, could you remind folks what this proposed rule is all about and what it would do if finalized as written? So as written, it would basically put the FMOs out of business. And we know what the critical role is that they play in providing services to agents and brokers so that they can do their job properly. At $31, which is what they proposed, and rather than two to $300, many of the services that they provide, they could not any longer provide you. So it would be a disaster if it were implemented as written. Uh, so it's not just for FMOs, it would be a disaster. It'd be a disaster for agents in general. I think that they think that, you know, the carriers could take this back under their umbrella and and uh, provide those services. But can you imagine, first of all, that they don't have that infrastructure? They would not be able to compare plans because you would be captive agent for that plan only. And none of that infrastructure actually exists currently. So that transition would be expensive, time consuming, and would not help the beneficiary or the trust fund whatsoever. Those administrative costs would amount to raising their MLR to such a level that they would have to raise premiums significantly to make that up. Those are real hits on the trust fund. This is why we've been so involved in this for the last two months, because in addition to this regulation, Congress has taken notice and has um, weighed in as well both in the House and in the Senate, uh, particularly in the Senate Finance Committee, which actually held a hearing a few months ago, as you may recall. And while they like agents and brokers and, and see the value, they don't understand what how all the financing pieces work and why it's efficient. The zero premium 
plans that exist today would disappear if they went through with this rule. There's all sorts of consequences. So we've done a lot of education with CMS staff ahead of rulemaking, and our FMO council has been uh, very engaged. Our Medicare advisor group has been very engaged in providing us with some feedback to add to our comments. We've talked to Hill staff, committee staff. As Dan said, the comments are due today. I think that we will get final rules probably in April is pretty much the consensus. But I'll be in touch with CMS contacts to see how that is going and when we might anticipate, you know, final rules. So we had a few folks ask, why did NABIP submit this one formal comment letter? Why not ask our Medicare members to flood the federal register with messages about this? So unlike Congress, where they would count uh, their bean counters in, on, on the Hill and look at how much interest is there among constituents, it doesn't work that way with the federal agency. It's a more technical expertise kind of how do the funding streams between carriers and the FMOs work and how to commission flow and, and, and those sort of technical funding arrangements, if you will, which they don't understand how they work, in fact, and what they get for, the, for those dollars and the efficiencies they derive in the system. Now, does there need to be additional transparency? Sure, there could be, particularly in this, in with regards to marketing dollars that carriers give FMOs to host educational seminars, which I think are of value. Uh, but there are some other uses of those monies which maybe are a bit looser and should be tightened up. And we don't object to transparency and such. I know that agents have to provide receipts for any expenses that they incur during those sorts of activities. I think that's fair. But to say that if you do a health risk assessment, that it's you know only worth $13, guess what? They won't get done. I think particularly as the AEP progresses, the opportunity cost is greater to enroll another beneficiary than it is to do an HRA. But you know, it's largely a service that agents are able to provide. You know, for DSNPs, it's required that they, they get an HRA, but the carriers are not very good at getting them. Uh, the return rates are extremely low. And so they have to incentivize agents to make it worth their while to do them. To say that they're worth $13 because of the time they think that it takes to fill one out there are all sorts of impediments that they don't take into account that beneficiaries may not have very high educational levels. They may have language barriers. They may even have transportation issues that requires an agent to spend time to travel to their home to collect the information. So here's the bottom line. The federal government is concerned about the trust fund, right? We hear this all the time. And instead of worrying about nickels and dimes, they need to look at the bigger picture of what happens if they implemented the rule and the carrier had to take on all these responsibilities that currently the FMOs provide. And the fact that they don't have the infrastructure, all this is gonna be very, very expensive. 
And if they raise premiums significantly as a result, that is a real hit on the trust fund. That's a tangible hit on the trust fund. And worrying about whether an agent gets compensated for doing an HRA at $100 or $200 or $25 is not what's important here. And we've explained all this to CMS, and I think they understand it. And I think that we're going to win on some of these issues. The other thing that we did is we answered in kind of two buckets. One was with respect to FMOs and the role that they play and explaining and defining what is an FMO and what do they do and how does the income streams work and what is it used for and so on. And the other one was with regard to agents and brokers as a servicing agent, as a part from call center agents and all the other issues we've had relative third-party marketing organizations or GPMOs and the value that you bring. So what I'm hearing from FMOs is that, you know, they are also submitting comments and it's largely with respect to their business and, and FMOs and not really for agents. So we're actually doing both, but we're the only ones talking about the agents also. And this is why your membership and NABIP and your investment in your business by being a member is so important because we could not do what we do and advocate on your behalf without your membership. So please encourage your colleagues, if they're not members, to become a member. Tell the story about what we're doing. So now that we've submitted these comments, what are the next steps? So we are still working with Congress on this issue and making sure that committee staff understand that there is nothing that they need to do in this regard and still educating them on the role that you play. We're still getting asking the committees to uh, communicate with CMS on our behalf because they don't have a deadline. Uh, they can submit their letters and, and comments anytime they want up until they present the rule. So we're still working with Congress to be advocates for agents and brokers. Moving on to another proposed rule. Right before Christmas, the administration issued a proposed regulation on association health plans, or AHPs. We've been anticipating this rule for quite some time. So would you mind providing a background on AHPs and what this proposed rule would do if finalized? Commonly, association health plans, ways for groups that have some commonality can band together to offer insurance to their membership would be like different realtors in the state could do something like that, or chambers of commerce is how AHPs have been proposed in the past. Before 2018, association health plans were subject to stricter regulations due to the Affordable Care Act. In 2018, President Trump's Department of Labor issued new rules aiming to expand access to AHPs, and the rules allow them to form among employers with a more tenuous commonality of interest and include self-employed individuals. AHPs can be treated as large employers under, under the Trump Department of Labor. They soon faced legal challenges 
And in 2019, a federal district court ruled that parts of the DOL's rules were unlawful, specifically the definition of employer and the inclusion of working owners without employees. This ruling by the courts effectively reinstated many of the pre-2018 regulations and restrictions. So what this proposed rule would do would revert back to the pre-2018 association health plan law and, and going back to that previous rule. So this was kind of coming back full circle. I don't think a lot of it is a surprise. A lot of the promise of association health plans haven't really played out due to some of these regulations moving back and forth and what groups can affiliate and create association health plans. We're going to definitely be taking a deeper look in this and listening to our membership because there's a couple of AHPs that have been relatively successful and want to hear what our members say. So will NABIP be submitting formal comments on this proposed rule? Yes, we will, based on our previous comments and current feedback from our members about what might be happening in their localities. So, outside of regulation, it's 2024. So let's look a little bit at the year ahead. What do you think are going to be the hot topics legislatively this year in Congress? Well, Dan, this year is going to be a repeat of the last, merely because Congress didn't finish their work. I think uh, the House only passed a couple of dozen bills that became law, some of the lowest percentages in a decade or so. So what we're going to see is we're going to see a push for things that are going to expire or that have had bipartisan support, which is interesting because despite all the debate and fights in Congress, healthcare is one of the few bipartisan areas of working together. So we're going to see some efforts to make sure that telehealth rules from COVID become permanent. We're going to see focus on ensuring that cost and price transparency gets over the finish line, site neutral payments, ensuring that uh, you're charged at the doctor's rate as opposed to hospital rates, ensuring that employer reporting provisions under the ACA are simplified and easier. A lot of these things are, are efforts that we've been working on and we just need to get them over the finish line. And sometimes you, you need more acute focus when Congress is slower to act because it takes more effort to make sure Congress is paying attention. So we have Capitol Conference coming up in a few weeks. When you come visit us in Washington, you hike the hill with us, we're gonna need your connections back home, your strength of persuasion, and uh, all of your powers to make sure a lot of these things get through. Because as we all know, next year is a campaign year and whatever doesn't get through could be left in the dust and who knows what's gonna happen the year after in 2025. You don't get it done, you might be starting from zero and you might be left behind something else. And speaking of Capital Conference, registration is open. We just this week updated our agenda with a few more details. Because it's an election year, they have, besides August recess, they will also be gone in October for November elections. And depending on the outcome of the election, it may spur them to do be more active legislatively at the end of the year, or it may totally uh, shut down 
any possibility of further legislation. So I think our best opportunities are at the front end of the year as opposed to at the end. But there are some issues such as COBRA as credible coverage, which might be a better end of the year play if there is an opportunity. It is now time for NABIP's Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So, John, what are we toasting to this week? We're actually going to toast to Capitol Conference. This is the most exciting time to come to Washington to advocate about what you do every day for beneficiaries, for your employer clients, for your individual market clients, and for healthcare in general in, in America. There's still much to be done that, as I said, we can do at the front end. And actually, so the timing is perfect because this is when we may be able to get some of these things across the finish line. We've been working on employer reporting for a decade. We're finally ripe to get it across the finish line. And so having you here to talk to your senators helps us get it across the line. Transparency. How long have you guys been talking to us about transparency and the cost of care? These are bills that are in the Senate right now waiting for action. And you're being here and telling them why this is important and to get it done now is so important. And so let's help them be successful in making healthcare more affordable, transparent, and workable for everyone. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for NAPIP's Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Benefits and Insurance Professionals. For more information on NABIP's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit nabip.org.